0: Temple Talks Malta, episode 22. Temple Talks to Kane Carley, artist and sculptor. This podcast is produced and hosted by the Temple Magazine team. I'm Mark Mason. And I'm Susanna Hornby. Welcome back to Temple Talks Malta. This is episode 22. And we are really pleased to have Kane Carley with us today. Kane, how are you?
1: Hello. Good morning. Had my usual morning workout. Feeling, you know, two espressos later, so I'm I'm with
0: it. I'm with it. Ready for the day. Yeah, fighting fit, as they say. As we start talking to everybody, it's really tricky times at the moment. For everybody we've met, how are you managing...
1: Yeah, not too bad. I've kept myself busy. I think, as I've heard with other artists I've been in conversation with, for us, we're, we're kind of used to that solitary uh, kind of routine. Mm. So each day we kind of do what we normally do, is, which is pretty much think, uh, speak to ourselves, research in the morning and then get on with it and make some work and hope the best. Mm. But yeah, I mean, it has, I mean, I've had to shift a few things around. I'm spending a lot more time indoors. I'm not at the studio, um, although I, in a sense, I, I have all the right to be there because it's me alone anyway but uh, just to avoid getting out as much I've shifted some things I've brought some things home which somehow has made me more productive so I'm actually uh, working a little bit more digitally now so I mm-hmm. don't have to kind of get out so yeah my, mm-hmm. my work itself has kind of shifted a little.
0: That's interesting isn't it that you feel very motivated within your new space. It's given me a lot of
1: time to, to kind of hone in some new skills as well like um, working on simulations and stuff like that mm-hmm. things that I can build <laughs> digital things with geeky stuff but yeah fun it's been fun to have to feel like you have the time sense, yeah. you know
0: yeah no i i can see that it's actually turned into quite a nice opportunity for you take us back as far as we can mm. what were your first influences in art or sculpture and what led you to become the prolific artist that you are today
1: it's an interesting beginning if I have to go back to my my teen years I think mm-hmm. I would go back that far it was never really something I mean I always have that creative drive I always kind of through accounts and economics to the side and kind of doodled a little bit more than I should have and that kind of thing. But then I had a fond interest in video games as a child, which carried on through my teens. And I think what really triggered that interest was this kind of recreation of reality through digital means. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of wanted to explore that a little bit further, not just play video games. That when I kind of thought about taking that a little, bit seri- a little bit more seriously. And so I looked at what was on offer locally and at the time. Um, there wasn't really anything specific with Mm. regards to kind of this... A digital course. So I looked elsewhere and I'm, I moved to the UK for that. I ended up reading for a degree in uh, 3D character animation
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I kind of didn't like that very much after two years of doing it. Um, not, be- <laughs>
0: not,
1: because, uh, not because it was boring, but because I needed more than just 14 hour days uh, sat on the computer. I needed some mm. kind of materiality to be somehow involved. So I kind of moved on to a different degree in ceramics and glass. Mm-hmm. And up until then, I wasn't really thinking about being an artist. I was just pursuing my creative instincts, in a sense, and just kind of um, playing around with materials and ways of bridging at that point. The digital of what I learned for two years and then this newfound interest in ceramics and glass, mm-hmm. which is what I did my second degree in. And then that led me to the RCA, which again focused on, on glass and ceramics. And then after, I think, almost nine years in the UK, I, um, I was also working there. So I was working with other artists learning Mm -hmm. things through them and that kind of thing.
0: Right, okay. Um, so they were so your influences kind of, as well as actually the means of physically doing the, the, the ceramics and glass. It's nice to be in a group. You
1: always you always look for a clan. I think we're very primal when it comes to these needs. You always need to find people to talk to and I do that now as well. Mm. Um, in fact, the only person I've really kept in touch with is a, is a, is a friend artist who lives in Valletta and we, we go for our every day almost, I think, uh, about an hour to two hours of a long walk at a distance, of course, mm-hmm. and just have chat, really, and it's pretty much about anything art Mm. or or non-art related, but at least you have dialogue that you can kind of maintain interest because a lot of people say, okay, yappy, 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 he's going on about these things, and like, what is he talking about? And if you've got someone who understands that and kind of speaks the same language Mm -hmm. and asks questions then you kind of you know you've got a a good back and forth which which is healthy it's 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 psychologically something that uh, dialogue is so important it's where art begins
0: Mm, I find it fascinating and I I know that you have an interest in sort of theoretical science as well and that again is creative because it's all yeah. about hypotheses of situations of natural phenomena I think would I be right?
1: Yes absolutely um, it's kind of I'm, you know I'm not, I'm not a scientist so i never claim to be but uh, it's something that really uh, exactly that frame of mind of what is possible mm-hmm. what could be driving certain systems things that like the unknown these are things that I'm always attracted to and even the aesthetic of science in a sense mm-hmm. I'm attracted to a laboratory or, uh, or the, the borosilicate glass that they use the, the chemical exchange and the, mm. all these kind of things. Yeah, you
0: know? no, fascinating. And um, you must have some favourite um, architects that you follow or have influenced you as yeah. well.
1: Yeah, there's architects, artists, I love the work of uh, Louis Kahn and uh, Javier Corberó. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing works. They they kind of they've got this spiritual element, you know, that mm. they that they apply and it, it transcends the the idea of a building and allows it to function beyond whether it's occupied or not. It's kind of it's there to stay. Yeah. Um, and that's that's constantly at the moment really inspiring what I'm trying mm. to build no. at the moment.
0: I can see how that all influences and builds into your your entire creative work. Can we just talk about materials for a bit? Because you love yeah, sure. cement. Or is it concrete? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, yeah, well, one precedes the other. In a sense, like, yeah, cement, uh, concrete, uh, cement builds concrete. Yeah. It becomes an aggregate and in turns into concrete. But, um yeah I am interested cement is something I've really been focusing on um particularly white portland cement mm-hmm. um, simply because of uh, what it stands for the fact that it's kind of this industrial material that's kind of looked over uh, the fact that it's, it's it's here to stay also the impact it's had on on everything you know that that's around us mm-hmm. so yeah I'm interested I'm interested in that material I'm I'm always migrating though so I've I've worked in I've worked with that material for about 4 years now mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm a subtle shift happening now moving it to other materials i always work with what i can manipulate so with something like concrete you can mix things into it so you can say for example you can pre-fire crushed bits of porcelain Um, add a bit of stain to them, like make them super bright yellow Mm -hmm. and then like create a terrazzo, which is kind of a composite of um, porcelain and Mm -hmm. concrete. And then you bring out the shine from the ceramics and it's a bit dimmer with the concrete and really playing around with things. Um, I'm not usually happy with just working with what is given um, as a starting point.
0: Mm. I've read you've written somewhere or said somewhere that um, cement or concrete as it becomes is one of the most flexible working materials materials you can create with and that seems extraordinary because to me it's not like that. But of course, when you look at your projects that you've worked on, you've created rhythm and soft folds and you've really worked well with that material.
1: Yeah, you kind of develop a relationship. I thought at first, OK, I'll go with concrete. It cures fast. It's kind of indestructible or whatever. Mm. And then you realize it does have its own quirks. It does kind of have its own things. So you, you really, uh, what I thought would take maybe, I don't know, months to kind of understand Mm -hmm. takes some time you know you're just and you then you learn more about the ecology kind of 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 the material
0: when we first met you mark and i you told us you talked to us about how you combine the digitization with this with the actual physical your the process that you use is extraordinary and unique can you tell us a bit about um we want to talk about the human construct which is one of your major projects but can you tell us about the amount of work that goes into creating a piece like that Yes,
1: uh, mm-hmm. it's again because <laughs> I don't know where to start. Yeah, with human construct in particular, it's it's a, it's a project. Uh, it was a it was a solo exhibition that uh, I had put up in 2017 at Blitz in Valletta. Mm-hmm. And what goes into each work pretty much starts with this idea of how do I regurgitate. the the idea of data and what is picked up by a mechanical eye. Mm. So in a sense, with that in mind, I I would start with something like a 3D scanner Mm -hmm. and then I'd invite models in. I'd have them sit for me for up to maybe half an hour to an hour, a little bit more, depending on what we need to do. Mm -hmm. And then they're pretty much captured as a, a, a digital file, as a digital um reenvisioned kind of um uh model mm-hmm. um as a mesh as we'd call it and then that is open to manipulation so i could rejuvenate i could i could uh, expand <laughs> certain things i can skew i can cut you yeah. know it's really like playing with digital play doh mm. and then that uh, then decisions are made the problem the biggest problem with that with the process of digitization mm-hmm. is that there are too many options it's <laughs> it's just a case of okay where do you want to go with this now mm. So yeah, and then so yeah, starting with digital, then mm-hmm. I move into uh, the hardware. So in a sense, now then it's three D printing. So I cut things up, um, I get them printed. So it goes from a digital file to a physical file,
0: mm-hmm.
1: in a sense. And then I would like that file, so it would be 3D printed in, say, PLA, which mm-hmm. is a plastic type of polymer. That's very kind of, it's not going to last. Uh, mm-hmm. in a bit of sunlight, and it starts to warp or it starts to deteriorate. So you want something that's going to survive a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then I go into mold making, and which is pretty much the foundation of my education is mold making, mm-hmm. be it glass or ceramics. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm a mold maker. And so, yeah, using rubber silicone, I convert everything into either glass, Mm -hmm. resin, concrete, I've used porcelain, earthenware, so yeah, and all the works that uh, appeared in Human Construct, Mm. almost I would say maybe 97% of the works Mm. went through that process of digitization and mould making.
0: The Human Construct is three heads, busts, if you like, all quite different, all with a different meaning, no doubt, which you're about to tell us, but they are all massively thought-provoking. Can you tell us what the concept is behind each head? Behind, I think, in a sense,
1: rather than a concept per head, it Mm. was more of a case of translating a one idea Mm -hmm. and see where that goes. So I don't like to confine or apply meaning to every single thing I do, Mm -hmm. although there would have been a fundamental reason for that. So in a sense, the human construct really addresses um, the human psyche and the human condition. Mm-hmm. Within this time we live in where yeah. what we would have naturally done through human interaction, especially now even more so, we do through digital means, so we find love, we bank, we make our travel plans mm-hmm. we we shop <laughs> yeah, everything that governs the way of life we work even is very much an exchange of information through a digital filter mm. and and that 's kind of what the human construct kind of addresses. Mm. It kind of wants to delve into that, and then through digital through visual means, so I wanted to kind of break the um, the idea of of a classic bus so mm-hmm. representation of that you know that spans thousands of years mm-hmm. and deconstruct that as though we were building in literal blocks, which is what I did. I dissected each bus into about forty four odd pieces mm. and then build them back up but obviously displacing them so that you can tell that it's it's almost this construction of space mm. and not just a representation of humanity.
0: Yeah. They are stunning and you know if anyone who went to that exhibition which was at Blitz Gallery in Valletta they you know you just you, you can spend a good half an hour just looking at it. And, and it makes you start thinking about, wait a minute, this piece isn't a, hu- no, it is a human, but it's not a, it doesn't seem to have a soul inside it. It's, yeah. it's expressing itself, or it's, it's working, it's traveling through this digital, like you've just said, this digital tunnel almost. Yeah,
1: I like the fact that you said that, that it doesn't have a soul, because even though I don't expect anyone to necessarily internalize the way I internalize my work, mm. the fact that there's this kind of this missing emotion attachment, or uh, that it doesn't necessarily evoke emotion, Mm. uh, that for me is quite important because I think data is very cold, fundamentally. Mm. Mm. It is just a series of binary code, ultimately, and an exchange, and then that translates into either an image or a song or whatever kind of illusion it Mm. becomes. In a sense. So I kind of like the fact that you said that it was void of that. Because mm. um, that was kind of important to me
0: yeah. when so I made the work. From the very beginning to the very end, how long did it take? Kate, if you can remember, to put that whole project together uh, as it is.
1: Artists procrastinate. <laughs>
0: no. So <laughs>
1: it, it had been on my mind for about three years, to be mm. honest. And I think yeah. slowly it had been. And even the, the case of having the technology, because a lot of the stuff that normally gets outsourced, like a scanning or a 3D printing mm. kind of process, I eventually invested in and had at hand because... Mm. If you didn't have those tools, the hardware in the studio, you wouldn't have the flexibility to kind of revise ideas. Mm. It's also extremely more cost effective for you to kind of have that in the studio. So, yeah, um, I've just kind of lost my trail of thought. No, no.
0: But. I, I, well, no, you did exactly what you said you were going to do, which was procrastinate. <laughs> but I just wondered. <laughs> yeah, I procrastinated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> three years.
1: Yeah, it took me three years.
0: Three years. So it actually <laughs> took
1: me about six months
0: mm-hmm. to
1: produce the, the physical work. Yeah. But it took me about three years of digestion mm-hmm. i'm I'm slow in that respect. I'm always making something, but mm-hmm. it's probably some uh, whilst I'm making it now, it has been on my mind for at least a few months before
0: sure.
1: um if not a year before, mm-hmm. and then I'll maybe shelf it and revi- and come back to it when yeah. I feel that it's kind of it needs to exist mm. as a physical
0: entity. yeah so now I'm going to ask you a really difficult question here we go when you look at a piece that you've done like that, and it obviously three years in thought process and then producing it. Is it finished? Or do you look at it and go, I could still do that?
1: I think with time, and I can answer this because it's probably something I've, I've spoken to a few friends about. And mm-hmm. there's some stuff that we come up with, you know, things that we talk about. The idea of the unfinished or the finished, that's a choice you need to make. It's just say, this is where I'm going to stop. Because then you know that you can always overdo it. You can mm. overcook it. By the time I'm making the object... I've emotionally detached from it already, mm-hmm. so I'm absolutely fine with it not being around me or having to hang in the studio or, or rest or, or be placed somewhere mm-hmm. around me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've divorced myself from it, in a sense. I just, It's more of a case of detoxing at that point and getting it out of my system mm. when I'm making the work.
0: Interesting. Now, I, yeah. I really wanted to know what, what you felt about that. Kane. where is your studio?
1: I'm based in Valletta on St. Ursula Street mm-hmm. and the studio is kind of a small space that's attached to the convents, the Ursulino convents. The nuns are my landlords so it's an interesting <laughs> place to be. Spiritual. Um, it's a very nice street, really <laughs> quiet and I needed Valletta in a sense I was looking back at Stephanie Anthony Borges' interview,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um, I think, I don't know which episode that was, she said something which really struck a chord as well. Mm -hmm. The fact that she had been living abroad, came back and she needed this house of character and she needed certain things. Mm. And I totally identify with that. And the reason why the studio's in Valletta, I mean, it was very much uh, by chance that it happened to be in that street and, you know, right time, right place kind of thing. Mm. Um, But I needed that kind of, that baroque, that romance, Mm. um, that quality of light, you know, the, the smell of this of the streets that studio for me is just something that yeah. happened by luck yeah,
0: yeah right luck. and it's all part of of what of who you are as a as a sculptor as well what about i know that we, we could t- i could talk to you for hours about all the different projects you've worked on right through yeah. to your Pastizzi jewelry, which i think is amazing <laughs> yes, <thank you>. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think what we're going to do is tell people to go and look on your website which is canecarly.com and explore Absolutely. because it's a yeah. real adventure
1: there's a bit on the website that explores the process of things as mm-hmm. well so a bit of behind the scenes so it kind of puts people and I think that's important to kind of add that layer of education in yeah. a sense, get people to understand where it's coming from uh, because a lot of time people understand this idea of di- being a kind of semi-digital in a sense in my case mm-hmm. as being a, a shortcut of, the, uh, of sorts and it's totally just another tool it's just another paintbrush it's just another mm-hmm. pixel it's just another pigment by all means please uh, check out it's just my name kane
0: yeah and kane you also i believe do private commissions too yes since
1: human construct actually that's I haven't had like a solo show I've done a few group shows, mm-hmm. but I've been focusing a lot more on building an intimate relationship with collectors or people who have just general interests. I mean, I get all sorts of people through the door. people who are very serious about collecting to people with just like students who just who are just curious who are just mm-hmm. fascinated, who just want to know more so yeah, I've been taking on a lot more commissions. And that's for me, that dialogue, inviting that one person in, having mm. a conversation, going out for a coffee, and uh, building a friendship as well. Mm-hmm. That's where it's really at. That's kind of the foundation of what it is to kind of build a career as an artist. Mm.
0: Well, it's all extraordinary. You you are such an interesting person. And like I just said, I could keep talking to you for hours, but we haven't got hours. Listen, we love chatting with you. We think your work is amazing. We cannot wait till galleries are open again and we maybe can see you in a future exhibition. But all of this, just thank you, Kane, And I hope it all goes well. And we'll speak to you soon.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for your time and for, for doing this.
0: Well, oh, It's an absolute pleasure. It's been very enlightening, I can assure you. Take care. <laughs> you too. To find out more, visit canecarly.com. And here's our disclaimer. Temple magazine will not be held responsible for any omissions or errors in its podcasts. Temple's podcasts are produced purely for entertainment purposes. Views and opinions are that of our own or of our guests.